Okay, tonight's Shilas are not as um, unusual as the last time or the time before that, but uh, they're Omer ala Perak, because I've been getting a lot of, I don't know if it's a big deal in Queens, but uh, in, in the five towns it's become a pretty big deal, and it seems that worldwide it's a pretty big deal, the, the Shabbos Project, you familiar with Shabbos Project, you know, you know what yeah, this is? Yeah, it's going, it's going on here. Yeah, okay. So I've been I've been getting a lot of questions related to the to the Shabbos Project. Now, if you if you've seen the video, which I'm sure you have a thousand times from South Africa and how it happened in South Africa, it was really remarkable that they got a significant number of thousands of people who are normally not Shomer Shabbos to not just show up for a Shabbos meal, but to actually be. Shomer Shabbos for a Shabbos to actually shut off their cell phones and and really observe an entire Shabbos. When I know in the five towns the way they pitched it to us, even though I'm a rabbi in uh, in in North Woodmere, which is officially not in the five towns or South Valley Stream, but <laughs> but, whatever, but 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 sometimes we get invited to meetings. So I, the way they they pitched it to to us was that. It, that's never going to work in America if you try to get people to observe the entire Shabbos. So what we have to, or at least it's never going to work in the five towns. I don't know what they said. What, what will work here is if you invite people for a Shabbos meal, or if everyone does something a little bit more for Shabbos, everyone does something a little bit better than they normally do for Shabbos. Normally you text on Shabbos. Now you won't text on Shabbos. Normally uh, whatever. Someone will do the Shabbos. Now you'll use the Shabbos app. Now you won't use the Shabbos app. Everybody, you'll, you'll do whatever. Something will be a little bit better than, than what you normally do. That was, the, that was the, the, the pitch that they made to us. It's interesting. Someone sent me a video yesterday. One of my Balabatim sent me a video of Rabbi Leif uh, Shlita from, from Brooklyn who gave a big sheer on questions related to the Shabbos project. It's a very big deal in Brooklyn. And he said, this is not about inviting someone for a Shabbos meal. This is about having people come to keep an entire Shabbos. So it's very interesting. I guess each community is dealing with it in their own ways. But I, I got the following three Shiloh. Well, two of them I, I got a lot. And one of them, another Rav, uh, got the Shiloh and called me and uh, asked me what I thought about it. Uh, although he, he had spoken to much bigger people and already gotten a psak, he just wanted to bounce it off of me. So I'll, 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 I'll mention the three Shilas, and like we always do, you know, we'll, uh, you'll, you'll tell me which one you want me to talk about first. The, the, the number one Shiloh that, well, let's see, can you, let, let's do this the reverse way. Can you guess what the number one Shiloh is about people inviting people for a Shabbos meal? They say they only want to Good, they're only coming for a meal, then they're going to drive back, so is that a violation of Lifnei Iver? That is the number one Shaila. Now, that Shaila is particularly close to my heart, um, not because it's such a unique or interesting Shaila. I mean, it, it is very interesting in terms of the lambdas behind it and the, the debates in the postkim, but it's, uh, it's, it's close to my heart because there is a tshuva in the second chilek of Minchas Asher, uh, the, uh, of the Shalos Tshubas Minchas Asher of Asher Weiss, to Harav Hagon Rav Avram David Libowitz Shlita. That is my brother. So uh, that's, and, and he writes, Marbitz Torah Mezaka Rav, Marav Hagon Rav Avram David Libowitz, Mechaber Sfarim Nifloim, Palo Alto, California. So I sent, as soon as I got the Sefer, I saw that, I took a picture of it and I sent it to my brother, and he said, Oh, Mechaber Sfarim Nifloim, you know what that means? It means he doesn't remember the names of my Sfarim. <laughs> <laughs> probably true, probably true. But, uh, but he, he wrote a very beautiful tshuva to my brother on this topic. The, the second Shiloh, can anyone guess what the second most popular Shiloh is? A little bit harder to guess, but may, maybe you'll... If you see someone violating Allah, do you have to... What do you think? Mm-hmm. 
Okay, I, I've gotten both of those, actually, but that, they weren't the most popular questions, because the Yayin Esach issue, you would just, we have to prepare people in advance, and we tell them that uh, we should have another share about Stam Yenam Shailas that I've gotten, because there are some really good ones. But the, 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 uh, the, you would tell them, just get, make sure you have Mavushal wine at the table, and, and that would solve that problem. Uh, the, the second, yeah? Ah, oh, so the second most frequent shaila I got was about that, about the possibility, and it came in many different forms, but the possibility that either the people they're inviting aren't Jewish, or their spouses aren't Jewish, or their significant others who they live with aren't Jewish. So, and, and when you invite them, you have to invite them as a couple. So is that, is that problematic? One person asked me about a coworker of his who's definitely Jewish, even went to yeshiva through, I think, second or third grade, and is uh, living with an Asian woman. So is that, is that a problem, to invite them as a couple? Another person said to me, on, on a, almost a different extreme example of this, Shaila, and this, this one I found more interesting, a person said that there's a, there's a guy who, who's, a, who's a lawyer, he works in a law firm, about 250 people work in his office, he's the only firm person, he works in New York, he's the only firm person in his office of 250 people, I didn't know that's even possible if you're a lawyer in New York, but he's the only firm person in his office of 250 people, and he's one of these guys that like everyone loves, and that gets along with people really well, and just, you know, one of those guys that uh, we, we, we say about Noah, People ask what chen is. Chen is like when you hear about that guy and you say, oh, I love that guy. And like you can't really explain why, you just do, because it's just that kind of guy that everyone likes. So he's one of those guys, and everyone in his office loves him, and he became very close with a lot of people in his office. And one, there's a woman who works in, in his office who's Jewish, and just like is constantly bombarding him with questions about Yiddishkeit, and is so interested in growing, is a very involved Jew. She's, she's a, a, a board member of her conservative shul, and she just is so interested. She wants to know more, she wants to learn more. And her husband, her husband, also believes he's Jewish. He had gone through either a reform or a conservative conversion before he met her, not even to marry her. Before he had met her, he had gone through a, a conservative conversion, I believe it was, and so he, he holds himself to be Jewish, and he's also a board member of their conservative shul, and if he invites them, he's inviting both of them. Now, halachically, the husband, in all likelihood, is not Jewish. In fact, this is unbelievable, the female uh, rabbi who converted him, who did the gerus on, on him, said to him, you know, you need a, a brit milah as part of your gerus, and, gerut, and you need to, uh, I would recommend that you go to get your brit milah by Rabbi Pesach Krom. The conservator, so he said, why, why him, of all people? Well, He's the only Orthodox uh, Moel that I'm familiar with. And in case you ever decide to upgrade your conversion, you don't want to have to do this part again. <laughs> very, very smart, no? <laughs> that's, that's, so the guy wants to know, is, is this any sort of violation to invite this couple to a Shabbos meal or for, for a Shabbos? Is that, is that a... Is that a problem of inviting an intermarried couple? Now, again, two very different cases. One case where there is a, a, a guy living with an Asian girl, the girl has no interest in Judaism, and the guy has no interest in Judaism. And then you have this other case where they're both very interested in Judaism, they both believe they're Jewish, and only one of them was born a Jew, and the other one is not yet 
Jewish. So, uh, is, and is there any difference between those two cases? But that's the second type of shayla I got. The third one I got, um, again, which was not I got, but someone else got and called me to discuss it, was a shayla about... There was one particular community where as part of the Shabbos project they were going to run a beginner's minion. A lot of places are not doing that, they're just doing pseudos and other things. They were going to run a beginner's minion. And the rabbi who was running the beginner's minion said in his experience it doesn't pay to do a fake minion. Meaning it should be a beginner's minion, maybe not say everything, skip certain parts of davening, but it, and explain obviously whatever you're saying, but it, you, you shouldn't, you know, lean from a chumish or anything like that. It should be, whatever they do should be real, should be genuine. And he wanted to know, he said there's no way they could sit through the entire Parshas Noach. It's explaining the whole thing, it would take forever, they'd run out of patience, it wouldn't work. He wanted to lay in three alios of Parshas Noach, and he had chosen the three alios that he found most interesting in Parshas Noach. I forget what it was already, Rishon and Chamishi uh, and Shish, I don't know, I don't know what they, what, what they were, but the three alios that he found the most, uh, the most interesting, and he wanted to know, A, are you allowed to take out a Sefer Torah on Shabbos to just lay in three alios and skip around in the, in the Torah? And B, can you say brachos on those aliyos? Is that a violation of a brach levatala on any level to say brachos on those aliyos? So those are the three questions. Number one, about the driving on Shabbos with the, uh, with the tshuva to the Reish Kailu in Palo Alto. Number, number two, about the intermarriages. And number three, about the, the aliyos. Any preference of which one? Number two. Okay, I, okay, so I'll tell you what. Number two is a shorter answer, so we'll start with two and then we'll get to one. Because if I start with one, we could never... You want to hear three? No, but isn't two, though? Two is not just no gay. Oh, this is just how you raise your hand? I thought you were waving a three at me. <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh, I, I wouldn't have assumed that. Okay. <laughs> what are you saying? I'm sorry. Oh, so number two is Nogea all the time. Yeah. People are invited to weddings of, of intermarriage. In fact, I got a Shiloh last week. Um, that's, not, that's not true. I got a Shiloh about a month ago. I just answered it last week. <laughs> <laughs> from, uh, from a woman who, who works with uh, a, another, uh, an Orthodox woman who works with a, uh, with a conservative woman in her office. And they're very close friends. They invite each other to all each other's simchas. The conservative woman is very makbid, always shows up to, to her simchas and uh, always gives a gift and everything. And they're really, clo- they're really friendly. And it's real Kiddush Hashem because this Orthodox woman is really the kind of role model that you would want, you know, the, the kind of spokesperson you would want for, for the from community out there. And uh, the conservative woman who's very involved also in her conservative shul and very Jewishly involved, you know, whatever that means, you know, she gives a lot of money to UJA, I guess, and whatever, you know, whatever else uh, is, 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 the involvement entails. And her daughter just married a guy. Now, it broke her heart that her daughter married a guy, but, you know, she supports her daughter and she loves her daughter and she, and she invited... Now, the wedding wasn't a problem because it, was like, it was like a destination wedding or something in like Hawaii or something, so there was no chance that the front woman was going to go to the wedding, but she wanted to know, can I buy a gift? Is it okay to buy a gift for this intermarriage? Now, keep in mind, this woman has bought m- my children a gift for their bar mitzvahs and for everything. 
Can I buy a gift for, for her child on the intermarriage, upon the intermarriage? Can I say Mazel Tov or congratulations or anything? Can't say, she said, I, can't, I cannot bring myself to say the words, I'm so happy for you. She's not so happy for herself. I mean, she's also upset by it, but can, can you buy a gift? So that, it is a very Nogea Shailu, this issue of the intermarriage and how to relate to, uh, to intermarriage. So just to give you a little bit of background of where I was coming from by asking the Shaila, because some of the people that I spoke to about this Shaila said, um, what are you talking about? What's the Isser? What's the Isser of inviting an intermarried couple? Where's, what's the Avera? Yeah? Isn't it like the big thing more on Yantif than Shabbos? Ah, on Yantif, there's an Isser, black on white in Shulchan Aruch, you're not allowed to invite a guy for a meal. Yes. On Yantif, here's the reason. The, the Shulchan Aruch, it's based on the Gemara, Shulchan Aruch says you're not allowed to invite a guy for a meal on Yantif, because one is allowed to cook for a Jew on Yantif, but the Pasuk says, It's Hulavado that you could do, it's only for Ochel Nefesh that you could do Lachem. And the Gemara says, Lachem You're allowed to cook for yourself, but you're not allowed to cook for a non Jew. So, okay, I'm not going to cook for the non Jew, I'll cook for myself, and I'll just invite the non Jew and let them have some of the food that I'm having. Says the Gemara, no. We're afraid that you might cook extra food for the guy. You know that this guy's favorite food is something that you weren't planning on cooking. So you know he's coming, you want to make him happy. He's your son-in-law after all, or he's your nebuch, he's your cousin, he's this. So you want to, you want to make him happy. So you're going you're gonna to cook something special for him. He's a co-worker, he's your boss, whatever it is. So you might want to cook something special for him. Out of a gzera that you might want to cook for him, and that would be an Isidarais of Bishel on Yantif, you're not allowed to have them at a meal for Yantif. On Shabbos, there's no such kazera because you would never be Marba Bishvilo because you're never cooking in the first place. So I said, to cook on Shabbos for yourself also. Good, yeah, even for the first meal. I hear your kasha because most of the time for the first meal you have already cooked, but not always, meaning you'll have cold soup and you'll warm it up or something like that. That's, that, that's, uh, that's cooking also. On, on Yantif, certainly Dabalach, that was in San Legamri, would certainly be uh, cooking as well. So, so, yeah, even on the, the first meal of Yantif. It always bothered me, and it still bothers me, that what's the one meal that people are most inclined to invite Gayim to? The Seder. The state of all. First of all, aside, aside from the fact that it's that it's usher, that it's black and white and you're not allowed to. Of all meals, to want to show the guy how uh, you know to 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 satisfy his curiosity of what his weird Jewish friends do. Of all meals, invite him to. You want to invite him to the meal where we celebrate why we're not like him. How Hakadosh Baruch Hu chose us. How we became the Amma Nivchar, the, the most personal meal of love between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Klal Yisrael. The one where we want to pass on to our children, our Masorah. And that's where you have the, the Shegit sitting at the table? That's it, 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 it drives me nuts if that's what people decide. But sometimes it has a big fan, especially among people who are less friends, it's a big family gathering. And you have all these intermarried people, you know, Ah, so good. So now we come back to the Shaila. Intermarried people. So the, the, the fact that you cook for a guy and you're not have a guy for a Yantav meal, that's beside the fact, because that's beside the point. Because now we're talking about Shabbos. So on Shabbos, you, you're allowed to invite a guy for a Shabbos meal. Our question is not about inviting a guy, it's about inviting an intermarried couple. Yeah? yeah but if you invite a guy for Shabbos, you're giving free food at Botechanim, no? 
So Lotechanim is is a real Isser. It's an Isidar Raisa. Lotechanim, the Gemara of Adazar says, means three different things. And one of them is Lositin Lamatnas Chinam. You're not allowed to give a free gift to a guy, but most of the posts can point out that there's pretty much no such thing as a free gift. Meaning anybody that you have an ongoing relationship with. You invite your boss for a meal and he happens to be a guy. So you, you, the food you're giving him is not a free gift. It's so that he'll be nice to you in the office and he'll, you know, there's always, as long as there's an ongoing relationship. I give uh, the, the uh, sanitation workers a gift around uh, December time. Uh, I don't do that because I want to give them a free gift. I do that because I don't want my garbage thrown all over my front lawn. I want them to, you know, to clean it up properly, and, and they tend to do that more effectively after I give them a gift. So it's, it's, an, ongoing, it's an ongoing thing. It's a, it's a back and forth. So it doesn't seem, I don't think it would be a violation of those Sechani. So what's the issue? Inviting an intermarried couple, what's the problem? What's, what, kind of, what kind of Isser is there? Ah, so is uh, one of the, one of my good friends, Rabbi Yoni Levin, who's a very very holy Jew in uh, Woodmere, uh, finishes Shas every ten months or so. Um, he just gave a shir today on that topic on a guy keeping Shabbos and in Binogaya to the Shabbos project. That if you can invite the intermarried couple for the whole Shabbos, the guy is going to keep the whole Shabbos. Not necessarily. You could just say, "Do me a favor, turn on that light." And then he didn't keep the whole Shabbos. There's a fascinating. I'm sure you know the the Prashas Drachim, the Mishnah Melech in the Sefer Prashas Drachim. He has a Drush Sefer called Prashas Drachim. He has these long Drushim, and no one knows what any of them say except for one. The one where he talks about how uh, whether the Avos had a din of a, of, a, of a Ben Noach or a din of a Jew. Right? What were the? We know that that uh, that that certainly from Moshe Rabbeinu and on, we had a din of uh, of, of Bnei Israel. What about the Avos? Were the Avos Jews or were the Avos? Not, it sounds scandalous to ask the question, right? Were the Avos Jews? Of course, the Avos were Jews. Really? Of course. What made them Jewish? Were the Avos Jews or were the Avos not Jews? So the Mishnah Melech goes through a whole long discussion, and he says his conclusion is that it's a suffix. What do I mean? It's a suffix. They themselves didn't know. They themselves were Mesupak, whether they had a status of a Ben Noach, that's his maskana. Whether they had a status of a Ben Noach, they had a status of Yisrael. So Frek the Kasha, the Mishnah Melch himself asked all the Achronim ask, and then deal with it also. Frek the Kasha, I don't understand. If they themselves didn't know, what did, I understand what they could have done about everything else. Shatness, they just didn't wear Shatness, and they didn't have to worry about it. What did they do about Shabbos? A Goisha Shavas is Chayiv Misa. A Jew that's not Shavas is Chayiv Misa. What did they do about Shabbos? There are like 11 answers to that question in, Ach- in Achronim. So the, the debate about, or the discussion about what a guy is and is not allowed to do on Shabbos, re- usually when you'll hear a shir in it, it starts with that, with that uh, discussion of the, of the Avos. And says the Mishlamath, lest you'll say, there's no nafkamina lemaisa, lemay nafkamina, whether, Mestama, Avram, Yitzhak, Yaakov were smart enough, they figured it out. Whatever, whatever their terrorist was, I'm sure it was good enough. What do I need to figure out a terrorist? He says, no, it could be no gay lemaisa. How could it be no Maisa? The Mishnah says in Horios that let's say you find a baby, an abandoned baby. So do you assume the baby is Jewish or do you assume the baby is not Jewish? Depends on the population of the city. If you live in a city where it's Rov Yisrael, it's Yisrael. If it's Rov, of the Chavim, it's Novit Chavim. It's a, a non Jew. What if. Obviously, Rav Shachter always points out, if the baby is uh, Chinese, then even if Ro- it's in Borough Park, but Mo- Rova, the Chinese babies in Borough Park, are still not, 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 not Jewish. So yeah, you have to use a little seichel also. It's not just Rova, the population of the city. If, uh, but, um, but, but what if it's 
So the halach is, if it's 50-50, suffek. So what should this baby do about Shabbos when he becomes bar mitzvah? So it's nafkamina lemaisa. comes up all the time when you have cities that are exactly 50-50. Okay, but what's the issue? What's the halachic issue with inviting guy? Let's say you'll get him to be mechal Shabbos. What's the, it's not about inviting the guy, it's about inviting an intermarried couple. So let me explain to you the background of why this bothered me so much. Rav Shechter used to tell us, I don't know, I can't say always tell us, but it, it, it resonated with me. I just, it, it, it's been, it, it's, it, was, it, was, it was said strongly enough that it's still ringing in my ears about how when there's an intermarriage, you may not say mazel tov, you may not attend, you may not give a gift. You may not do anything that shows that you approve of this marriage. And intermarriage is a tragedy. It's not that we hate the person that's getting intermarried. It's we love them and we therefore feel... It's like seeing someone making a terrible mistake. Someone you love making a terrible mistake. We love all Jews and we're seeing a Jew that we love make a terrible, terrible mistake. And that makes us very sad and we cannot approve of that mistake. Uh, and, and, and therefore, it should, we should totally not do anything that shows, do not send an invitation that says Mr. and Mrs., because if you say Mr. and Mrs., that means you are recognizing them as married, and we do not recognize this marriage. We daven every day, they should get divorced. That was the, uh, that, that, that's what, what I was always taught. Now, I, I found uh, online, someone sent me this week, that Rav Meir Tversky uh, wrote uh, the following. He said... Uh, Against this background of destiny and identity, many halachic social constraints on Jewish-Gentile relations can be understood, and in paramount, the egregiousness of intermarriage stands out. Intermarriage, Rahman al-Litzlan, destroys Jewish identity and prevents the rendezvous with Jewish destiny. Accordingly, the Rav Zatzal was absolutely adamant regarding the ban on attending an intermarriage. Often we try to rationalize and justify, etc. And he says, so we say, well, this guy, you know, the person who's, who's the Jew who's intermarrying doesn't know any better. He doesn't, uh, he's a Nebuchadnezzar Shanishba, so he's a good person. What does he know? He says, but of course that line of reasoning is fallacious. In refusing to attend an intermarriage, we're not judging another individual. Only the Rebona Shalom can pass judgment on one's liability and to what extent extenuating circumstances should be taken into account. But although we refrain from judging individuals and affixing individual liability in such cases, we can and must judge actions and courses of action. Unquestionably, intermarriage is, and is anathema? Is that how you pronounce it? Anathema. Because it, I'm surprised that's the first word of Tversky wrote that I couldn't. Because it destroys Jewish identity and destiny. Intermarriage is something that we cannot approve of. That's what I, that's what I was brought up on. So given that, is there, are we allowed to invite a couple where one, one member is Jewish, one member is not Jewish? And does it matter if they think that they're Jewish? Meaning the two cases I mentioned before, the, uh, the guy who's living with the, with the Asian woman versus the couple that's married and has Jewish children, and the guy had a conservative conversion with Rabbi Krohn as the Moel in case he ever decides to upgrade. Is there a difference between those two cases? Could, could you say that it only in cases where it's actually destroying the destiny of the Jewish people, it would be a problem? Meaning, if the children are Jewish and if the parents think they're both Jewish, as long as if the, par- if the children are Jewish and the parents both think they're Jewish, the kids are, you know, whether they're... Are being raised as Jews. Being raised as Jews or not, the kids are fully Jewish. 
Right. Versus the case where either the mother, either the mother is not Jewish, or if the like they're not at all, the kids don't think. Good. Jewish so one not. very important thing I thought to take into account is what's the end game over here. In the case of the guy with the Asian woman, why would, why would you want to invite the Asian woman together with the guy? If he stays with her, he is not going in the right direction. And his children won't be Jewish, and it's not... Anything that we do to bring them together or to show that we're okay with that is not good. Now, she's not going to... Con- I mean, the, the likelihood of her... She, she never expressed any interest. Meaning, it's a very unlikely scenario. Now, in the case of the very involved conservative couple, where the guy had a conservative conversion, and the kids are Jewish. If they become more interested, if they become more inspired, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? They'll upgrade. They'll upgrade. The kids are Jewish. We're worried about the kids already. They're going to they're gonna upgrade. He's interested. So the, the end, it's, we don't, we're not praying for them to get divorced. What we're praying for them is, is for him to convert. I, I sent this Shiloh to Ravitzuk Zilberstein last week. And uh, he sent back, uh, he sent back the following. He said, "Ein iver." This is not lifne iver. Kilo machshilim osam baazmana. You're not being machshil them at all by inviting them. Now, I wasn't sure about that. Let's say you're inviting them for the whole Shabbos and you give them a bedroom to sleep in. So then it's lifne iver. No, it's a, a, at least on the Yisur Yichud. Lifne iver on a drabanan at least. Yisru Yichud with a guy is a Drabanan. Right? Yichud with a, with Arayos is Daraisa. Yichud with uh, with with uh, with a guy Yichud with a Pnuya Bezdino Shel David Amelech was Gozeran after Amnon Vatamar, and Yichud with a guy Bezdino Shel Shamay Vehilo was was Gozeran. Right. So if you're giving them a room to sleep, but I'm not convinced it's not living but just for a meal, let's say. One second, one second, one second. We'll get to it in a second. Velachain he says Im Yeshsi Kui Shal Yedeya Asmana Yis. If there's a, a, a chance that by inviting them you'll inspire them and they might and the guy might upgrade his conversion, invite them. That's we don't look for converts. But in this case, we want the father to convert. The best chance for the kids is the father converts. He's already interested. He already has a mila, a kasher mila. That this is a case where we do look for a convert, where we want this convert. And he says, and if you need a raya, ya'ayin mesecha Shabbos, daf lamed alif, Rashi dibra maskal girua. Shabbos lamed alif. No, what's in Shabbos lamed alif where there's a gerus going on? Shabbos daf lamed alif. You all know the story. The guy comes to Hillel and Shammai. To be megayer mi almanas, they'll be melamin mi kolator al regalachas, right? So what does it say? So the Gemara says, uh, here it is. Uh, he came to Hillel. Hillel was Megayer him. And then Hillel started educating him. How could you be Megayer him at that point? He doesn't know anything. He's not going to observe anything. Says Rashi. He was so much on the fact that he's headed down the right path and that he'll be able to convince him and educate him. This is not like being Megayer me on, uh, you know, Al Manasrai could keep 612 mitzvahs, but there's one that I'm really uncomfortable with, so I'm not accepting that one. That you're not allowed to be Megayer. There's got to be Kabbalah of all the mitzvahs. This is not like that. 
He'll thought that he'd be able to convince him, that he'd be able to, to set him on the uh, on the right path. So that's the uh, that's Rashi. So he says, you see that you can be Megayer, that that it's okay to be Megayer guy if he expresses a certain type of interest and to want to inspire him to be Megayer him. Yeah. But regarding the question of referring to an intermarried couple as referring to them as husband and wife, my question from reality is that I guess in most instances if you don't do it, you're going to make a so it should be noted. It should be noted that not everyone shares Rav Salvechik's approach to how to deal with intermarried couples. Um, Rav Shechter does, but even on that Shiloh, when it came to the Shabbos project, Rav Shechter thought it's a double pasha that you're allowed to invite an intermarried couple with the Shabbos project. Why? What was the svara? Svara was that when you invite a couple, stam, so that's you showing your approval for, of them as a couple. But when the entire Orthodox community gets together and reaches out to the Jewish world in its entirety, and we say we're not judging anybody, everybody's it's the entire. He doesn't think that that's that 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 that's a a statement that you're approving of anything. That's just uh, we're reaching out to everybody. We're opening our doors to anybody and everybody. But in and of itself, if Suppose if you make it a front way, you invite a, an Israeli couple, you're showing the most obvious disapproval in the world for their for their union. You're showing them out they're right to, to, you're inviting somebody to walk the the invite is to watch some chasin who are from hidden get married to each other and go by somebody each other. There's no greater insult to, to their union than this. Uh not true. That's not true. Well, People, no, they live and let live. You know, you, you want to marry a Jew? That's wonderful. I respect you and admire you for that. And I, I appreciate that you respect and admire that I want to marry someone who's not Jewish. But how do they know that you two would admire? Yeah, okay, that's the... Rav Asherweiss had a different approach. Rav Asherweiss said that whenever... He said he gets these questions all the time. And uh, unfortunately, I mean, Rahman al son, you have to realize, people used to tear Korea when a relative would, would, would intermarry. It's something that should upset us. It should pain us. It should be something that's very, very difficult to, for us to handle. Why is it that, you know, Yovel would be Daraisa if we knew the Makamos of all the different Shvatim in Eretz Yisrael because we already have Rov Yoshvei Aleha now in Eretz Yisrael. If we don't already have it, we're very close to it, having Rov of Klal Yisrael in Eretz Yisrael. How did the numbers change so quickly? Rov of Klal Yisrael used to be not in Eretz Yisrael. It's not because Nefesh B'Nefesh has been so successful. It's because of the intermarriage Rate in America is we're hemorrhaging, we're, we're losing like crazy. So the, the, so I mean Baruch Hashem we have Rov Yosheva it's a wonderful schus that we have most of soul, but it's really a terrible sign in terms of what's going on here, and it should, should cause us a great deal of pain. Rav Asher said that he thought it really depends on the situation. He said if you're a community rabbi, you should definitely not show up at an intermarriage because that's a statement. Look, even the rabbi came, he must approve it. He showed up to the. If you're some, but if you if, if it's your coworker. And you have a relationship with them, and it's not any major statement that you're making, and it's the only chance of maintaining a relationship where you might be able to be mashviya on them. He didn't think that that would be a problem to attend the wedding or to invite them as as a couple. I told that woman that I thought that she was allowed to to give a gift in that situation. It's going to be the only way that she's going to maintain a relationship. And other of it, she'd look terrible if she didn't. 
Meaning, this woman goes to all of her simchas and buys gifts for all of her children. She's not going to do it. It looks terrible. It's not a statement. It's not a statement at all. I, I, I didn't think personally for, for this woman uh, to, 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 uh, to buy a gift. It would be a statement not to buy a gift. That she's, but but the wrong kind of statement it would be a statement that I don't respect you and that uh, that, that that I'm not a nice person. Is, is there enough communion between Brooklyn and the Five Towns? There's a lot enough communion between Brooklyn and the Five Towns. Where they're trying, where they're telling people that, they should, that the people should keep Shabbos, you know, invite the guests and they should keep Shabbos. So you're saying go back to the Goyish Shabbos problem? Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, I, I wanted to. We only have a few minutes left. I wanted to touch on the uh, the inviting. People for Shabbos meals when you when you think there's a good chance they're going to drive. Just to, to quickly summarize. So it's it, there's no formal iser. It, it reminds me of the Gemara. The Gemara says like if you're walking by in Shemitah and you see someone planting in his or plowing in his field during Shemitah, you're not allowed to say. Uh, you know you're allowed to say good morning, but you're not allowed to say good morning. I hope you're matzliach in your work today. You're not allowed to approve of an iser. You're not allowed to make a statement of approval of an iser. It's not Livneiver. It's not even Messiahia. It's just that we, we can't make a... It's, I don't know if it's an Issa Daraisa or anything. I don't think it's an Issa Daraisa. But the Gemara said, you're not supposed to tell that to somebody who's planting and plowing during Shemitah. So the same thing over here. You're not supposed to show that you're being mechazik yidei over avera. But over here it's even worse. It's not just being mechazik yidei over avera. This is ruining the whole... The whole, the whole yichus of Klal Yisrael. It's not Stam and Avera. Yeah, the Gemara says that. I, I, it must be in Shulchan Aruch that you're not allowed to say to someone. I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's that's in my mind. That's that's what it is. I I never heard that from Rishon or Salvation or anything. But in my mind, that's that's what it reminds me of. Um, so take it for what it's worth. The, the, when it comes to inviting someone where they, uh, where they might drive on, on, on Shabbos, uh, there are three basic approaches in Poskim. The most strict approach is that of Rav Moshe. Rav Moshe writes, and apparently also Rav Eliyashiv, because uh, when I asked Rav Zilberstein this one, I said, you know, it's Yadua, the Machlokas, between Rav Moshe and Rav Shalom Zalman. So, you know, which way do you think? And he said, like Mori Chami, Rav Eliyashiv. <laughs> I had no idea. I didn't know what Rabbi Yashiv held, but apparently Rabbi Yashiv also holds like Rabbi Yashiv, that it's absolutely usher even if even if you offer them the opportunity not to drive, but if there's a chance that they're going to drive, you're playing with Lifnei Verdar Raisa. Rabbi Yashiv says worse. Rabbi Yashiv says it's Mesis. Rabbi Yashiv thinks it's a violation of Mesis that you're definitely encouraging them. You're telling them I want you to drive, so you're being Mesis them. It's not just time that you're offering that they ask. They didn't ask to drive. You're telling them that you want them to drive by inviting them to your house. So he thinks it's a problem of Mesis, which is unbelievable. It's a very, very, very strict uh, reading. Ramesha was dealing with a case where they wanted to have a youth minion for, for kids. And uh, many of the kids were going were gonna to drive or get rides you know, to, to come to the minion. But it was the only way to reach out to the youth. It was maybe an NCSY group or something that was reaching. But the only way they were going to reach them. So Ramesh said, you're being Mesis. You can't be, that's not Kiruv. Kiruv is not by telling people to be Mechal Shabbos. You have to show them that you can't stand the Chil Shabbos and that Chil Shabbos is not okay. We have to be very clear about that. That's Ramesh. On, on the flip side, before we get to Rosh Zalman, Rav Sturmbach has a very interesting approach to this. Um, I do not believe Rav Sturmbach's approach is widely accepted at all. Rav Sturmbach in Chelek Aleph of Chuvastan Agassim Shin and Ches says that the issue of Lifna Iver is Dumya di Iver Shemachshilo. Avlim Kavanaso Rakla Tovasatsmo 
he says, if your kavanah is only for, uh, for, for good, it's not to be machshil him, then he doesn't think it's lifnei iver. He says, mashal if a doctor does surgery, is he a chovel b'chavero? No, he's not. He's not doing a maisa chavala. He's doing a maisa hatzala. It just happens to be the maisa hatzala requires being chovel. So if you're also livne iver, is when you're you're doing a maisa of 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 hachshala. Over here, this isn't a maisa of hachshala. This is a Maisa Hatzalas Nefashas Hatzalav and his Neshama. You're trying to give him a Shabbos experience. You're trying to give him a little Ruchnius. You're trying to make his, uh, you know, his religious experience better. That's not a Maisa Hatzalah, it's a Maisa Hatzalah. Sounds good, right? What's the problem? By Chavala, the, the definition of the Isser, if you look in the Rambam, when the Rambam defines the Isser of, of Chavala B'Chavero, the Rambam defines Chavala B'Chavero Derech Nitzayim. But that's the definition of the Isser, that it's derech nitzayim, that it's in a combative way. If you're not doing it in a way that shows that you're being combative, then it's not the Isser. That's simply not the Isser of Chavalah. By Lif Naiver, we don't have anything like that. There's no formulation of Lif Naiver where it says only if you're doing it in a way that's... So it's, it's a very big Chiddush. A lot of Rav Shurmach's Shuvahs, he likes to say, he writes in his introduction, I didn't have Svarim most of the time when I was writing these Shuvahs, and uh, I say Svarim that came to, uh, came to my mind, you know, you don't always have to rely on them, Allah I have a friend that's a very close Talmud, Rav Shurmach, and it was also a big Mechutzev, so uh, he said that uh, he was somewhere with Rav Shurmach, and Rav Shurmach said something, one of these wild Svarim, and my friend turned to him and said, now you wonder why no one ever paskins like you? So, <laughs> Rosh Hashanah didn't think it was so funny. So, the, 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 the third approach, the third approach, which I think is the very widely accepted approach, and this is the approach that was, uh, Rav Shechter accepts, you know, Rav Salvejik was machmer in this, Rav Salvejik held by Rav Moshe in this, I don't know if he held that as Mesis, but he held that you're not allowed to, to invite. In, in Divrei Harav, uh, the third of the Svarim of Hanhagos from Rav Salvech that Rav Shechter published, uh, he, he quotes from Rav Salvech to be machmir on this issue, and Rav Shechter, Kedarko B'Kodesh, didn't write that he personally disagrees, that it, because uh, when, when Rav Shechter gave a, co- a copy of Divrei Rav to Rav Shechter, Rav Shechter looked at it and said, what kind of pesach is that? You hold like that? Rav Shechter said, I don't hold like that, Rav Salvech held like that. He says, how could you not write that you disagree? He says, because it's not my sefer. These are anagos of Rav Salvechik. It's not, it's not what I hold. We once asked Rav Shechter, when do you hold like Rav Salvechik? When do you not hold like Rav Salvechik? He said, when he's correct, you hold like him. <laughs> you don't hold like him. So, yeah, but it means you have to, if a person is able to pass kanalachas, you have to use your brain to pass kanalachas also. Uh, you don't just blindly follow. But, uh, but uh, the, the, the third approach of Shomaz Alman, Shomaz Alman, based on a raya from a mission in Shviyas, Roshama Zamlin wrote the letter to the Arsamech. People don't know the original Mincha Shlomo. This was a letter to Rameir Simcha. So Roshama Zamlin was a pretty young man at, this, at the time. But uh, based on the mission in Shviyas, the mission in Shviyas says you're allowed to give equipment that can theoretically be used for heter to an Amaaretz during Shemitah. Even though it's very possible that you're going to give equipment to an Amaaretz that he's going to be able to, he's going to use it for, for doing Avodah Sakarka during Shemitah. But if theoretically that same equipment could be used for Davar Amutr, you're allowed to give it to an Amaaretz during Shemitah. Because you're not necessarily facilitating 
the, the Avera. Now, uh, there are several Rishonim that hold that that's only if the majority usage of that Kalim is Bidarech Heter, but Rashi and Tosanav say that even if the majority use of the Kli is for Isser, still it's okay, and the Taz in Yardeo Kuflanalev seems to be maker like this. So, Rav uh, Shlomo Zaman held that as long as theoretically he's able to do it Bidarech Heter, meaning you offer him the opportunity to stay for the whole Shabbos, and if he wants, he can stay for the whole Shabbos, then, or you invite him to come from before Shabbos, you should try to encourage him to do that. But if he chooses not to, that's not your problem. It's not a violation of Lifni, as long as in theory they're able to do it. Rav Ashawais adds a whole bunch of other svaras in his Shuvah to my brother. He just points out that, first of all, what's the guy going to be doing at home during this time? He's going to be doing much, much more Chil Shabbos. Instead of driving to your house, he's going to drive all over the place or turn on the lights every two seconds and the television and change channel with no ruchnius whatsoever. At least now, for the couple of hours that he's in your house, he's, he's not doing Chol Shabbos. So is that a net lifneiver or is that a net gain? It seems like a, a net gain. Also, we said from the Shach, the way the Dog Mervav understands the Shach in Yardeh Kofun and Aleph, that whenever you deal with someone who's not uh, who's not religious, who does not observe it at all, doesn't care about Torah mitzvahs, so the halacha is... Uh, the way the Dung Mavav understands Shach, he understands that if, he, if, he, if the guy's amazed, then there's no Isra Messiah, only with Neiver. Uh, and Messiah would be when the guy could do it himself anyway. So over here, it's something he could do himself anyway. He could drive right past your house as much as he wants by himself without you inviting him. So he could have done it himself anyway. And this is someone who's not observant. But Ravash is not sure that this would be called a mazid. Someone who just doesn't know anything. Is that called a mazid? Are none from people called a mazid? He's not convinced by that. Because a mazid sounds like someone who's pedafka doing an iser. Most none from people know that the orthodox don't drive. But they don't view it as an iser. I mean, there's a custom. The orthodox have the custom not to drive. And we have the custom that we do drive. They don't, they don't view it as a, as a, as a real iser. So uh, and another Svari says he's also not convinced that there is an Isser Messiah at all. He thinks that there are several Rishonim that imply that there's no Isser Messiah uh, whatsoever, that the Isser doesn't exist. There's Lifni Ivedar Raisa when it's Trey Dinara, and there's no such thing as Chad Dinara. There's the Tosin of Al-Zor that says there is, but he says there's other, other Tosin and Rush that sound not that way also. Okay, I want to finish by 11 o'clock, so we'll, uh, we'll stop there. Be'ez Hashem, next week with a new topic. Anyone has further questions, we could talk about it. Yeah.